You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to NBA Top Shot Weekly. I am Alex Kennedy. He is Oliver Maroney, and we have a special guest today. He is the community lead for Dapper Labs and NBA Top Shot, here to answer all of our questions about Top Shot. Uh, we always like having people like you, Jacob, because we can go much more in-depth than maybe some of our other guests who are newer to Top Shot, where we're kind of just explaining things or not really going super in-depth. So, Jacob Eisenberg, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Excited to be here. We appreciate it. Oliver, Jacob, first of all, before we get started, how are you doing? How, how's everything been? I mean, it's been good, man. It's been good. I mean, this the season is starting to come to an end. I think we have an idea of what's going to take place, at least early on for these playoffs, to understand like kind of what the matchups could be. I think people are starting to understand who the MVP is, understand some of those season-ending awards. Um, but yeah, it's been good. It's been good. How about you, Jacob? I know you've been super busy. Uh, you guys have a lot of going on over there. How have you been? Good. Uh, a little tired, but overall excited. Uh, everything Oliver just talked about, I can't wait. The playoff, we, you know, I think every year we get into kind of the doldrums of the NBA season right around March Madness time. And I think the play-in tournaments really helped us this year, kind of keep intrigue, keep like the playoff picture uh, super interesting all along. But I'm definitely excited to get some uh, high-stakes basketball going very soon. Absolutely. Well, let's jump in and start talking Top Shot. Uh, I do want to mention we have a giveaway today. If you guys entered at basketballnews.com slash Top Shot, then you're entered in for that giveaway. So we're going to give that pack away here at the end. Oliver and I are also going to open up some packs, and, and we'll show kind of that uh, pack opening experience. And then, yeah, we're going to talk about Top Shot. So Oliver and I have some questions, but we're also going to take questions from you guys here in the chat. So if you guys have any questions for Jacob, he's the man that knows all this different stuff. He does his office hours. Uh, and if you missed any of those, then definitely get your questions in here. And if we don't answer your question, then as you know, I mentioned, he does office hours. And that's one thing that we appreciate about Top Shot. You guys, whether it's you know yourself or, or a lot of the employees are very transparent, whether it's coming on things like this or doing the office hours. So that is appreciated. Yeah, well, thanks. We try. I mean, I think that there's nothing more important to our collectors than having confidence that they are making well-informed decisions. So there are instances where we're genuinely sharing info that came from a meeting half an hour prior. And like, that's <laughs> all, like, there are times where we don't get it right. But I think what I'd love to kind of convey to the community is we're always trying to keep your best interests primarily at heart. So um, I appreciate it. And, and just to kind of piggyback off of that, if you do miss office hours or you don't get your question in here, every single week, um, every single office hours, actually, we record it, we timestamp it, we put it on our YouTube channel. So uh, if there's ever a burning question that you're curious about, go to our YouTube uh, and you'll see all in, in the description, you'll see all the timestamped kind of topics we touch on. That's awesome. very cool. Yeah, no, I, I, I've I've tuned into many, many office hours and gotten some good nuggets and information uh, about kind of where your guys' heads are at in terms of the strategy and the approach and like some of the things you're thinking about, some of the things that are long-term, short-term. Um, and I think what is so unique about Top Shot 
is it opens up this massive can of worms, right? Which is great for you guys and also probably a lot of work at the same time. Um, where you open up this can of worms to allow everybody to ask their questions, whether it be about hardcore, whether it be about, you know, withdrawals, whether it be about this, that, and the other thing. And so it's uh, quite remarkable to have that like one-stop shop where you can ask those questions and get some form of answer. And what I give you guys a lot of credit with is your transparency with those answers. So Jacob, I've heard you multiple times on the office hours mention I don't really have an ETA on this, but I'll bring it back to our team and see what we can do. And that to me is very important because um, I think as a community in Top Shot, um, you want to try and give people the best experience possible. And in doing so, you're not lying. You're not, you know, trying to, to sell something to people. All you're trying to do is give them the best information that you have possible and make it as good as it possibly can be. So credit <laughs> to you guys for the way that you have Real quick, um, done that. Yeah, go ahead. J.E. Skeets just commented, Jacob, blink twice if the Cool Cats cha uh, Sevens Challenge will feature a current number one picks. Here we so. go. <laughs> uh, we've, got, we've got something new in store. I, I'm not blinking twice, J.E., but uh, <laughs> I can guarantee you the community is going to be intrigued by how we're rolling out our next Cool Cats Challenge reward. Ooh. There we go. Ooh. Uh, th that kind of moves into one of our questions here for you, Jacob. And I, I, I've been very curious on this. Challenges. They are Jekyll and Hyde. I don't know how what the best word for it is. Everybody's either loves them, hates them. Uh, there's some in between. Um, what are your guys' like, future plans? And also, what have you guys looked at? from previous challenges, I think specifically if you want to hone in on a few that have maybe gone a little bit different from what some of the people, per, you know, perceived or expected, the seeing stars, um, you know, the, the all-star slash rising stars stuff. And I think that time frame, I guess you could say like that, I, I want to say it's like early March to like late March-ish area for challenges. Can you speak to that a little bit? And then also kind of what you guys are doing in the future for, for challenges and, and how that'll look? Sure. Yeah. So I, I good question. Um, I do think that we're primarily when it comes to challenges and challenge rewards, um, I'm not naive. There, there are a lot of collectors in our community that are pursuing them from a monetary standpoint. And I think there will always be this equilibrium with challenge rewards in particular, where word got out initially that it was a guaranteed moneymaker. So then everyone started doing it. And then the addition sizes on the rewards got super large and the demand was less than what the supply was. So they became less profitable or, or in some cases you would lose money going in on the challenge. Um, and I think as negative reinforcement happens, then less people are going to do it and then they're going to become more profitable again. And then more people are going to do it. And we're going to have that kind of uh, balance to, to weigh for, for a long time. Um, what I can tease here, and, and you'll see the first inklings of that some point in May, is this concept of flexible challenges. So before we can kind of build it into the product, we, we kind of need to see the community feedback, and maybe we're going to do something around showcases to make it happen as kind of a, a minimum viable product. But this concept of rather than needing that exact um, I'm trying to think of without spoiling it. Instead of needing that exact Zion Williamson moment, maybe you need to collect X number of moments from a specific set or X number of centers or X number of point guards or X number of assists. Um, so you have more kind of ways to get the challenge reward without pursuing a very, very specific moment. Very interesting. Very interesting. That would obviously eliminate some of that pendulum swing that we've seen where prices go up a bunch initially and then they go down and then they kind of come back up towards the end of the challenge. And then they, you know, obviously they do what they do after the challenge is over. That is a very intriguing aspect. Um, you know, Alex, I know you had some questions as well. That, that was one that was like kind of burning in my mind, kind of thinking about some of the things that we would talk about. So. Yeah, no, I wanted to ask about the trade tickets because that's a recent announcement that you guys came out with. And I see people in the uh, the comments here uh, asking about them and wondering if we could talk about them. So first of all, you know, people that don't know, if you have moments that you don't want, you can trade them in and use those tickets toward 
packs. Some of those will be redistrib you know, redistributed. Uh, some of them will be new moments, it sounds like. But can you share some of the details of that? And then if there is any kind of timetable to roll that out? Sure. So we're looking at a few months. Um, all I know from our engineering side is that we've scoped what the project would entail, and we know that we can do it, um, which gave us the confidence to kind of release the plan. Um, we are working on a bunch of different things, including just stability UI improvements on a day-to-day -day basis. So something like this is a longer-term project that might take a few months to build. Um, but yeah, I think the general uh, the thought and the, the inspiration behind it is not every moment you pull from a pack is going to be a moment you want to hold on to forever. And rather than kind of listing it in the marketplace and competing with everyone else in this kind of race to the bottom to, to offload maybe the moment that you're not super excited about, maybe there could be a new utility through trade tickets. So you're going to be able to submit any one of your moments, be it a legendary, be it the most common of your base set moments, you can submit it into this kind of community sync, if you will, where those moments will be worth one trade ticket each. And then we'll have limited edition drops similar to a queue, but rather than entering the queue based on uh, your certain kind of eligibility requirements around moments you own in your collection, um, you're going to enter based on how many trade tickets you own and whether you have enough trade tickets to get that, that pack. Now, to be super clear to the community, we don't know yet how many trade tickets that will necessitate, right? Um, and I think a lot of that will be dynamic based on what the interest from the community is once we build the trade ticket feature and we start to see how many moments are getting submitted and how many collectors have X number of trade tickets. I think when we look at our, our community on a holistic level, more times than not, we're looking at percentages than raw numbers. So rather than saying we're going to make the trade ticket eligibility accessible to, you know, 100,000 collectors, we're more looking at it. Can we get maybe 50% of our collectors eligible based on the number of trade tickets they have? I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of figure that out. These are numbers I'm making up for the context of this discussion. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that will be a really exciting um, and cool opportunity for us. Um, and I, I think the community in general will have a lot of fun with these trade tickets. And I don't think it necessarily stops. In fact, I can say with certainty, it won't just stop after base set series one reserve packs, right? There are a lot of challenge rewards from series one that we might distribute in this mechanism long-term. There are potentially limited edition moments that we might mint in the future specific for trade ticket queues. There's a lot of utility around this. And uh, what I can say with certainty is a lot of collectors are going to be hoarding up moments at the floor to try to get a ton of trade tickets. And I know that we're going to have a lot more people entering these queues, pursuing these packs, than we'll have packs to go around. So if you're going, if, if you're doing that approach, I, I just want to caution to everyone. A lot of other people are also doing that approach. And the last thing I want is for someone to make, you know, really kind of what's the right word really strong purchases or really strong impulses to buy up a lot of a certain moment with the sole intention of trying to get a uh, trade ticket queue access and then get unlucky in the queue and then get mad at us for it i know yeah. it will happen um but with supply and demand it, it's you know we get yelled at every single time we do a drop that this is yeah. my fourth straight or this is my 10th straight and, and i get yeah. it like it's super frustrating and i'm sorry for all collectors that are having that negative experience but when we're talking about you have a 20 25 chance of getting it most drops then the odds are actually not with you to get it every time and yeah uh, more like i think the funniest example of that was someone complained this is only the third time, or this is, I've only gotten three of the past 11, and I'm just doing the <laughs> napkin map. I'm like, you're above the you're average above, yeah, yeah. That's more than yeah. me. Right. More than yeah. me too. Yeah, exactly. That's and it, damn, Jacob, I, 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 you know, I haven't gotten one in 15 goes or what? No, yeah, I'm just joking. I'm joking with you. Um, but <laughs> well, that's intentional. You I was serious for it's random for everyone else, but we have Oliver Block. So that's yeah, I, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's influencer, right? That's what Jack says. Yeah. No. <laughs> Um, you know, on the queue and the line and the packs and all that stuff, are you still tampering or you're kind of tinkering with the idea of having 
the cues be for specific collectors? Have you guys still kind of considered like other eligibility metrics to look at? Uh, you know, I think I heard some people say the last one was pretty good. Um, I can't remember, recall what it was. You had to spend X amount in the actual marketplace, not on packs or have X amount of moments. And I don't remember what that number was, maybe 15. I think it was 15. Um, so are you guys still kind of tinkering with that and changing that? And could that still be something um, we see changes to, I guess, in the future? Yeah, for sure. In fact, I, I can tease here that we're going to do throwdowns, uh, yep. which is going to be our next rare drop. And we're going to roll out a very rough draft of what collector score could look like for throwdowns. Um, so you as a, a collector, um, we're going to take a snapshot of your collection and certain types of moments in your collection are going to be worth more than others. And it's not going to be, you need to have 15 commons or one rare. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be a much more holistic approach of, do you have these moments? And I think, again, it's going to be a rough draft. So long-term, I'm hoping that there's more gamification to the score, maybe stacking moments gets you extra amplifiers in your point total. Um, but it will be really interesting because this will be the first time we're rolling out a kind of uniform number that's very binary of you qualify because you're above this number in collector score or you don't because you're below this number. And we'll make it super clear in our interface when you go to the pack page whether your account is eligible for the drop based on collector score. And we'll have kind of a rubric as to how we're grading um, each moment in your collection on a sliding scale of how many points they're worth toward your collector score. One question I see a few people asking in the chat, I think David Wong Violin and then Daniel told you, they both asked this question. Uh, is, is there a possibility that we could see like a rare drop for people who haven't gotten a rare or legendary pack yet? Like if they're just getting, you know, stress test packs or they've gotten common packs, but they've missed out when it's been a rare moment. Could we see that? Or is that too tough because then it incentivizes people trying to get around it and make a new account and things like that? I guess, is that something you guys have talked about? Oh, we talk about it all the time, but I think you answered the question with that. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the community, hear it from me and, and make no mistake. The number of things that we could do, if not for the fact that all of these ideas would get abused yeah. incredibly easily, um, it, it's kind of like, it's frustrating because I, I, I agree, Alex and Oliver, if we could create opportunities like that, oh man, such a slam dunk as an idea. But then if you're specifically tailoring it or you're specifically tailoring rebound packs to, that, to people that were specifically unlucky, there are just so many ways to kind of frame the conversation of, oh, I got unlucky, but you're actually just intentionally like sabotaging yourself. Yeah. And, and that, that could come as like, you enter the queue and you have a good spot and then you're like, oh no, I want to frame myself as unlucky. And maybe I'm cynical. I've really seen it all. I've heard it all. Um, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And I, I, I can't even imagine the amount of messages and just everything under this. I can't imagine how many messages you guys must get on a daily basis about pack drops and about why they haven't gotten one or why they have and this or that or the other thing. I, I just... Oh. I, I don't even know. I, we see it in our mentions and we don't even work for Top Shot like yeah. you do. So I can't imagine what you're dealing with. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a lot. There, Some days are better than others. Um, and that's kind of the catch 22, right? We know we get more support tickets on days that we do more drops or the days that we do drops. And yeah. I know my DMs are particularly more colorful on days that we do drops. But like, we also know the, the flip side is not doing drops and then getting bombarded with the when packs like we need yeah. to anyway i'm not trying i have the best job in the world i'm super grateful for my opportunity every day to kind of connect with everyone in the community so i don't mean to to complain about it um it's just you know there every month everyone in the community has an opinion uh yeah. rolling out we do reservation packs so we make everyone have the ability to get packs every day you're flooding the marketplace you know, you're ruining <laughs> yes the too cheap too cheap right. yeah, yeah exactly i have well, all these moments blah 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 yeah and i, no, I, I think it. you've i think you've said it before too like at the end of the day it's better than the alternative where people don't care you know they, at least they're passionate and caring because it means you have a successful product but so it is better than the alternative but yeah it's funny that was a question i was going to ask you because we do get that a lot of people in the chat or people i just know personally in my life that are like 
like, hey, why are they giving so many? Why are they making so many moments available? And why are they doing so many pack drops? But like you said, there's really no way to keep everyone happy. But I guess what goes into that conversation, and what would you tell people that have that question? Yeah, so we do have economists on our team that are constantly kind of looking at the marketplace, looking at releases. Um, what we know for what we know to be true, and and uh, this is kind of how I would how we frame it internally and how I would frame it to the community. There are known knowns, known unknowns, and unknown unknowns. And what we try to control for the most are the known knowns. So we know for a fact that the next rare drop that we do is throwdowns. Known unknown is we know for a fact that we don't know when that drop will happen. We have some ideas, um, but when it comes to something like common moments in the marketplace, it's always been our intent for those moments to be readily available for every collector. And of course, when we announced trade tickets, we saw a sudden kind of spike. Boom. Yeah, we saw a spike to the floor and that wasn't enough of a reason not to introduce trade tickets. We're excited about trade tickets for decades to come. It, it, so we knew that there would be an unintended consequence putting it out that you know the floor would rise. But we're kind of complementing that with the reality that, you know, as often as we can, and hopefully we'll get to a point where it's weekly, it might be two to three times a month as we're getting started, we're going to have an opportunity for new collectors to come in and reserve a pack and get a pack within, you know, at most nine days of your Top Shot experience. You sign up on a Wednesday afternoon, then you have to reserve for next Friday's drop. But otherwise, you're, you're going to be able to get a pack within a week or so. Um, so there is going to be an increase in common moments hitting the economy, uh, hitting the ecosystem, but that's kind of always been our intent. Uh, we want collectors who have a connection to particular stars from around the league to be able to come to Top Shot, collect those moments and not feel a significant hole in their pocket because of it. Right. And then of course, as you start building up your collection, then you start seeking out more premium content, more premium items. But for me, I don't think it's a problem if there's an all-star moment that's going for a few bucks in the marketplace long-term. I think that's okay. Um, because what that means is more collectors are coming to Top Shot with an opportunity to enjoy it. And I hear the, the kind of counterpoint to that is, okay, well then what's stopping non-star players from becoming a dollar or two in the marketplace and just becoming trade tickets essentially. And that, that might happen. That, that could be kind of the path this takes. Um, all I know to be true for sure is opening up packs is super fun, whether you pull three studs or three guys that you might end up turning into trade tickets. So I think that um, the more packs we get out to the community, the more fun the Top Shot experience is. The, the more you can kind of tailor onboarding, the more you can tailor, uh, you know, all tactics about getting people familiar with Top Shot around the main event, which is your first pack or building up to, you know, treating it almost like a video game, right? Yeah. Like where rare and legendary drops are going to be the boss levels. And in order to qualify for boss levels, you have to do your homework and, and start collecting uh, more, more entry level kind of, uh, well, entry levels of the video game, if you will. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 quick question on the packs because I've seen this question floated around quite a few times, and it's not necessarily on uh, pack drops. It's, it's more on the selection of moments in the packs because I've seen people like, for instance, I think there was a legendary drop. I'm pretty sure it was a legendary drop. There's so many drops, I, I can't keep my head straight. But I believe there's a legendary drop, and where. I think it was somewhere between four and 6,000 people, give or take, maybe it was a little less than that. They had to be eligible. You had to have 15 moments, spend $1,000 in the marketplace or whatever the, the number was. But I saw some people talking about how a legendary pack possesses not only a legendary moment, but then three MGLE moments and then a bunch of common moments. Right. And at, why wouldn't you basically randomize the legendary moments into a select 4,000 packs and give everybody essentially an MGLE pack with like, let's say it's two MGLE moments or one, you could almost accommodate for the 60,000 or 50 or whatever thousand collectors were eligible for that drop for those like trading cards, like trading cards, essentially, you know, you have those big pulls, the gold card or whatever, the serial number to 10 or whatever. Um, 
it, explain to me the whole, I, I don't know how this all works, but somebody told me there was some sort of law or rule where you cannot do certain things, but you can do other things. I'm just curious how card companies can get around this, but not necessarily like a top shot could potentially do that. Or is that something you could potentially do? And we haven't really seen that yet. Sure. Well, I want to be super explicit with the audience that sure. I am a basketball fan that is decent at community and marketing. <laughs> Absolutely not a lawyer. So don't um, know. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just taking what I've heard internally. And yeah. There is a school of thought that we can kind of re-examine what that looks like. From my understanding, Fortnite with loot boxes kind of yes. created this industry and uh, regulators got privy to this being essentially gambling. And they kind of and, and maybe it's because it's digital that it has slightly different kind of mechanics than physical trading cards. Mm -hmm. um, but long story short is I think there is some avenue that we can look into, but um, when we're working with the NBA and the PA, we want to be on, you know, our, not only our best behavior, but we want to make sure that we're doing everything exactly by the book and anything that might have gray area, it's just not worth it because we have too many other great things going for us to put ourselves in a position yeah. that's anywhere risky. So uh, on that front, specifically around kind of, putting legendary moments in rare packs or rare moments in common packs. Um, trust me, that was like a question I asked on day one when I joined the team. And, and from my understanding, that is something that um, is just a little too murky for us until we have clear guidance from regulators of whether we could or could not. Got it. Got that it. Makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no. And then to follow up on that too, just to just out of curiosity, have you considered a I'm sure you've considered all this stuff, but I'm asking these questions that I get asked all the time in Twitter sure. so I can get them out and I don't have to answer them anymore. So I apologize. I'm basically <laughs> venting all of these office hour questions that should Where's be posted. Send the link? I'm just, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's great. No, I, I get, I get these questions and I'm happy to like, I never have felt as much like, someone campaigning for an election because like you you watch a politician they give the same exact speech yep. 40 times and all the marketing strategists and experts say you need to say something every every single day yeah otherwise it's not resonating so i kind of finally feel what that means right like <laughs> and, and you'll ask questions and I'll, I'll probably give the same answer yeah at office hours friday and next office hour you know i, yeah. I think that's fine it's healthy if it's a question that people are confused about, we need to do a better job making that answer more explicit somewhere. For sure. So the follow-up question really is, have you considered a pack drop where you essentially allow all the collectors that are eligible? So for instance, let's just take this legendary drop as an example. Remove the legendaries out and you just have MGLE packs for every single eligible person. Have you considered something like that without even the rebound pack aspect? Like, if you, like for a rare drop, I guess is, is the, the kind of question that I was getting um, was, had that been something that had been considered or something that you had looked at? So th there are two kind of avenues to doing that, right? The first avenue is we make it harder to get access to the drop. So we make sure. it more restrictive. And then we have, uh, and in that case, like to keep addition sizes small, let's say that we have, you know, 70,000 people have access. Yeah. Collectors, 70,001 through probably 200,000 in the pecking order of like how strong their collection is on Top Shot will be livid of how could they do this to me? Look at how good my collection is. Look at how, uh, how much I've been working toward it. Um, so that's not a great experience. Uh, Got it. And then the alternative is just creating an even bigger kind of collection of a uh, rare moment, like just having 200 rare moments in this yeah. certain drop. And that's just at, at our scale, our, our live ops team that does all the producing of these moments, it's a four person operation. It's very small. So, um, you know, I think there's been a little bit a, of a um, little engine that could, that is Dapper Labs, right? Like we've kind of joined the big leagues overnight, but we're still very much, a, a, we had our all hands meeting today and 
we had 135 people on the call. It's not like we are uh, like all rear at Cameo. Like I yeah. imagine like. Yeah, Cameo we have like might... three, 300 and something. I, I, I don't know. I don't want right, right. to. But yes, very similar vibes here. Right, There's, right. you know, 15 people in customer service or whatever. And like that, that, you know, we're, we're a small, small engine, like you said. Right. You mean right. Michael Jordan and Kevin Durant aren't on your all hands meeting calls every time? <laughs> man, that would be something, right? <laughs> Oh, I, I remember like the first, I, I, who was the first player I onboard? It must've been Bogdan Bogdanovich. And just like waking up that day thinking like, I have a business call with Bogdan Bogdanovich was like a pretty surreal feeling. And now it's um, and, and a regular Bog, thing. Bog, Bogdan's become like one of the, the breakout stars of the second half of the season, but it, it is uh, more, more often than not during the week, I'll have a, a meeting or two with, some athletes that growing up I idolized. So that's or, been cool. or Diplo or just any random celebrity. I've seen like on IG, you're opening packs of different people every day. It's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's sometimes it, I pinch myself, but you know, I, I I take a lot of solace in knowing that um, we're putting the community first and foremost in a lot of our decisions. So the kind of um, glitzy stuff like a pack opening with Diplo is obviously very nice, but. I would not feel comfortable doing it if we weren't already kind of, um, you know, working away uh, to make sure that with or without celebrities, the community is pretty happy with their day to day experience. No, for sure. I have a question. And I remember one of the first times we talked about Top Shot, I think we jumped on Zoom and did like an interview about Top Shot. Uh, and you filled me on everything. We kind of, you know, I, I interviewed you basically kind of like this. And you had mentioned that there were, in the future, potentially going to be like Genesis moments, like one of one moments, maybe eventually one of 10 moments, things like that. What is, is there a timetable for that? What's the latest on, on a Genesis moment possibly popping up? It's going to happen for sure. Uh, timeline on it is a little harder to say. Um, <clears throat> if I had to guess, I would say probably sometime in the off season. So mm. certainly not during the playoffs in my, you know, to the best of my knowledge. Um, but I think we are kind of putting the wheels in motion, thinking of like, if we're doing this, who should we start it with? Um, yeah. But those moments, as you mentioned, they are minted. If you want to go to Platinum Ice, like if, you, if you're tracking what we've been minting, we I've have, mint, yeah, Oliver can attest to it. So we have those moments. I think we have a really unique and exciting rollout strategy for, not not necessarily like the the biggest Genesis kind of uh, attention grabbers that we'll do, but like even just the more commonplace role player in the NBA, if we have a platinum ice, I think our strategy around how we'll get those out to the commute to to fans um, will be. It's one of the things I'm most excited about long term. Think about this one, but we've got a lot of. Uh, uh, T's to cross and I's to dot before we can we can share more there. Sure. I'll I like learn. it. I like the direction. I like the direction. Should we hop should we just hop in and, and open these packs here? Or I what, have what? I have one more question that we could jump okay. in a pack. We when we when we had Mark Cuban on and some other guests, we talked about how the NBA's embraced this. Since then, we've seen you know the rising stars were announced through Top Shot, and there's been some cool things like that. We've heard you know people throw out different ideas, like you could go to a game and get a special moment if you're a season ticket holder, or different things like that. Or I know Jack Settlement when he was on talked about different things he would like to see the NBA do. Um, as far as the NBA continuing to embrace this, because um, I'm of the belief that eventually we're going to see top shot commercials during games and people at game, you know, at in arenas getting moments and all this different stuff. I think there's plenty of different ways to, you know, grow this and have it be mutually beneficial for both sides. But what are some things that you would like to see potentially the NBA do to continue to embrace this? And is there anything that you can reveal to us uh, or hint at as far as future things that the NBA might be trying to do with top shot? Hmm. Uh, so let, let's bucket this into the unknown unknowns category of like, I don't know if it's technically possible. I don't know if there's appetite on the NBA side to do it. But I think like, as you said, Alex, the fact that fans are going to start coming to arenas, the fact that it is all digital, maybe we could create QR codes where you can link up your Top Shot account 
and you can redeem something and, and maybe that takes form in and you know i'm getting really aspirational and, and probably uh digging ourselves a hole because again i don't have i have no idea if we can do this long term but sure. how cool would it be if you're watching the nba finals and there's a pop-up of a qr code that says you have 20 seconds to redeem this moment from this player at the line right like something yeah. like that um where you could do it from your your living room and it really makes the whole top shot collector experience part like Pokemon Go trying to fulfill quests in real time while also just kind of enjoying games and having gamification mechanisms for uh, the NBA to keep you more engaged while you're watching. That's awesome because I think right now we see there's so many people that just watch the highlights later or, you know, pull up on Instagram and see the coolest plays from the game, but they're not sitting there watching the entire game. I know that's something that, you know, I mentioned Mark Cuban, he's talked about that people, especially like cord cutters and younger fans are turning to social media and just watching the highlights. So if there's things like that, that incentivize sitting down and watching a full game, that makes a ton of sense. And I think it works for both parties. Obviously, as you mentioned, it's an idea. It's not something that's happening. It's something that Jacob just thought of, but I think that- No quotes like that, here. Yeah, yeah exactly. something along those lines would be really cool. I think that's awesome. So I, we should probably get into the pack openings, oh, yeah. but um, I did, it, it, while I'm while I'm pulling up my screen, should I do mine first, Alex? Or what? Yeah, go ahead. You pull yours up. All right. While you do that, I see some people asking about the pack opening. So some people said if they entered during the Rudy Gobert interview, are you still entered? So this is a new giveaway. We did the LeBron giveaway and we gave away pack each week. And then this is a new giveaway. So it's the same link, basketballnews.com slash top shot. And we're giving away pack at the end of this episode. So, and, and you'll be entered for the next four weeks. So that giveaway expired. This is a new one. It's similar. You basically have to, I think, uh, follow us on Twitter and download our app. It's still very similar. And if you did the previous things, you just have to click the three icons and you're entered um but yeah it is a new giveaway so definitely go to that link and re-enter if you entered previously but good question um all right let me go ahead and pull up got my screen pulled up and i actually had a question about this really quick jacob because i am i'm very curious on this and i think it's something that would i don't know this is my own little top shot idea that's come up as i've started sifting through marketplace stuff so I have this showcase here the 503 homegrown talent so i've taken all the guys that i used to cover uh, and I took the area code 503, Portland, Oregon. And I'm starting to do this with other players and other cities with their area codes from where they were grown, like born and raised. But what I've come to find out is like, I'll go to the marketplace, I'll find the serial number that I'm looking for in that category. And then I go to the person's profile. And unfortunately, a lot of the times, well, Twitter's sometimes linked, but a lot of times it's not. Have you guys considered any sort of like DM feature or messaging feature where I could then reach out to like a potential collector and be like, hey, I'd really love your 206 serial number. What would you let it go for? Can you list it on the marketplace for X? Um, I, I don't know if that's been brought up or not, but it's something I've come across a bunch kind of going through and looking for. You know, I, I feel like I'm kind of the dingling of the area codes at this point, but <laughs> <laughs> I know they're been talking about like an offer button too, which is kind of similar. Yes, exactly. Have you guys thought any further about that, or is that something that's that that may be coming down the the pipeline? Obviously, we've talked about a bajillion things that are coming down the pipeline, and you told us about how small everything is. So I'm not expecting this to happen overnight, but very curious as to what the plans are there. Yeah. Um, so I think Alex put it well, like. A, a bids system or an offer system absolutely yep. on a roadmap. Um, let me kind of recontextualize or maybe maybe offer some insight around uh, a reason we wouldn't do kind of a messaging system. And I think it's sure. possible one day, but the amount of moderation that goes into user-generated content is immense. And our, our team is, you know, super... Uh, consumed with all that, all the other stuff we have going on. The last thing we need is, you know, we create this yeah. feature for the Olivers of the world to reach out to collectors <laughs> and give faith. And then it just becomes people cursing each other out. And yeah. by the Alex's yeah. of the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess my question would be, is there, it, I, and maybe this is an easier fix, is just like linking a Twitter and an Instagram or linking some of these social media apps to your thing. And I know you guys kind of prompt it, but I will say it was even like when I started, I didn't really, 
yes, Twitter and Discord links, I've seen the comments here. Twitter and Discord links are absolutely great. I think what this person says is perfect. Just encouraging people to link those would be an incredible step forward just so there is always that link to message someone or, you know, potentially hit them up because I actually, I, it, this is interesting. My experience, I, it, I'm going to call it out here. Uh, Malachi Flynn, I, I covered when he was in high school and stuff. I saw his 206 first moment. And I was like, 206 in Seattle. Give it, I, I want the moment. And I saw it go up in the marketplace. Somebody sniped it. And, and I'm like, I'll pay like three, four X, whatever you paid for it. Like, good job for you sniping it. But like, I'll pay three or four X for it. And I just, unfortunately, couldn't, couldn't contact the person, find the person. And so it would be amazing if we could, we could have some sort of setup where that's promoted more or put in more. Um, and I found some other people having the same issue with finding specific moments and contacting people to, to purchase those. So anyways. Yeah, I think it's a great use case and a good point. Um, one thing that we are working on, and I'm really excited about it, is talking to third party um, tools and softwares that will maybe enable us to force you to link your top shot collecting collection to gain entry into our discord. And Ooh. then being able to use our discord as kind of a create exclusive opportunities around how good a collector you are. So maybe not collector score, but maybe um, you need to own 10 moments from this player. And then we're going to bring this player into a chat room with everyone that owns 10 moments from that player That's to, cool. to have chats. So things like that are very much on our radar and, and things we want to build in the, you know, hopefully next in within the next year, I would say things like that could happen. Um, and, and likely build it sooner and then figure out ways to, to make those perks uh, of being a strong collector in the Discord even, even better. But um, with Twitter, it's a little harder. There aren't as many kind of softwares that integrate NFTs into your Twitter account. Yeah. Discord, there are a couple that have been able to do that. So um, I think like that will be 100% a way to... Uh, improve the the health of the community on Discord, foster better uh, conversations, foster more accountability. So you can't just come in and be an a, a asshole, frankly. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then we can also theoretically, and, and this is kind of maybe revealing too much of how the sausage is made, but like I think that we're in a really good position long term to create channels for newbies to get involved and and uh, staff up those channels with our, our best mods that can give a great onboarding experience. And then once they prove themselves to be, you know, good members of the community, we can graduate them on to other chats where, you know, it just elevates the, the discourse within Discord uh, that much better. That, like that's, that. that's really unique. Yeah. And Discord, the beauty about Discord is you can have all these different assignments to people and you can kind of customize it to whatever collector kind of score or version of whatever that person is or is not doing. Um, so that, that, yeah, that's really cool to hear. And I'm actually, I feel like you guys were probably one of the first NFTs to really go all in on Discord as a communication device for collectors, for fans, for whatever the case may be. So, um, yeah, I, I really like that. So shall we open these? So that's, yes. All I, right. While you open, uh, I do have one question to kind of throw at Jacob. You can just keep opening and then we can react as things kind of pop up here. But it's a question I'm sure you get all the time. But Oh, no. <laughs> no. I think this, this might be one of those instances where those moments are just going to show up in your account. Oh, yeah, I think so. Do you want to... Is I it, think this is exactly what happened when the yeah that, that two pack time. that that two pack thing happened where I like opened two accidentally. I apologize. Uh, so then, do you want to pull up a a new pack, or I, do you want to just go to your moments? Like, how do you want? We can just go to my moments, I guess. Right? Or we could just run through the moments. I'm good with that. Okay, cool. Let's do it. It's that an way. error, guys. It happens. Things happen. Oh, here we go. Eleven thousand nine hundred and seventy-seven out of fifteen thousand. We have Jarrett Culver. I'm sorry. I'm trying <laughs> to be my best announcing voice. That's I love terrible. it. That's amazing. No, keep it up. Keep it going. No, I I don't think I want to embarrass myself anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you went there and then immediately regretted it. That's I, amazing. I, I, I'm you know I'm making up. You know. 
Could you imagine? Actually, great idea. Someone, we need to have like local broadcasters thrown into some of these. It would, oh man, there's so many ideas. I got, oh. We man, talked to Bo about that. You know, we went on his podcast and and he, you know, was that really interested true. in Top Shot. He's done top 10 plays. Like he was like, there's some kind of synergy here. So that I think that'd be amazing. You guys already did the Mike Conley one where he was kind of commentating. I think that'd be really cool. For sure. Mike Breen bang. I mean, yeah, want that. Absolutely. Oliver had an idea for like a Dame Lillard moment with his like newest like rap single or something from his album playing in the background. Like, I mean, there's just so many things that we talked about in the show that like would be cool to see in the future. I know you guys have these conversations every day and it's probably nothing that you haven't heard already. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that'd be awesome, too. Yeah, just bring Gus Johnson into the studio and have him do every moment. That's what some of the <laughs> chat just said. Uh, Valanchunas here, 95, 93 out of 15,000. Solid dish from Brandon Clark. Very underrated player, in my opinion. Um, and we've someone got said, DeAndre. Someone said, yeah, you definitely aren't the first to think of Lillard rapping his moments. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it's definitely, uh, I think we talked about it early on here, but I don't think we were the first either. That's definitely a common one. Sure. Uh, Definitely. And then DeAndre Ayton, who's been playing really well for the Suns. And, yeah. uh, you know, that that's a team that kind of is on the rise, it feels like. Jacob, if there is one idea you could put into Top Shot, I'm very curious because I feel like you've never, you don't get asked this very often, but what is the idea you're like sold on, want to put it, implement into Top Shot? Like mm -hmm. it could be outside the box, could be whatever. I'm just yeah. very curious. Yeah, I mean, there are some limitations with uh, what we can do based on licensing, but like, I don't know, you both are big sports fans. Growing up, I played a ton of MLB Showdown. I don't know if either of you are familiar okay. with them. I think like a digital tabletop game where your moments can battle another person's moments is just such a no-brainer. You have a 20-sided dice, you click roll it based on how your moments how your dice roll goes compared to your opponents like your ear moments level up things like that i think that's such a no-brainer for down the road um whether we can pull it off i think it, it comes down to licensing of tabletop games but uh, i loved mlb showdown and i think that uh top shot and just digital collectibles in general is super ripe for you know, that, that kind of magic, the gathering with the wizards of the coast, be it Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Showdown, whatever, going head to head with your cards is just such a, such a no brainer long-term, I think. That's very cool. I like it. Someone in the chat said, how many moments do I have to have for LeBron to be my friend? That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Um, all right, let's open this up. And then, as I mentioned before, we still have a pack to give away. You can enter at basketballnews.com slash top shot. Oh no. I got the I got the error too. Is this not right, Oliver? Yeah, we might be yeah. having just a bug on the site. Yeah. yeah. Okay, no worries. Let's go back and I see what we got. This is this is yeah, we yeah, we brought Jacob on for the wrong show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jacob. This is well, I guess it, it's better me than uh I was say, it might be the yeah, it's better me than Mark Cuban or someone like that. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, let's uh Oh wait, no, I just went to the wrong thing. Hold on, hold on. My moments. There we go. Okay. Let's see what yeah, we got yeah, here. Man. Ooh, KD. Oh, Trey Young. all right. All right. Let's start here. Uh, Trey Young, 7,843 out of 15,000. Nice, nice layup there. How would you guys rank the, the East? Uh, I think there are like seven teams. I, obviously, the top three is the top three, and we can quabble over that order. But then the next four teams uh, are all in a tier of their own, it seems. So I, I'd be curious to hear kind of how you, you guys would rate that top seven. That's a great question. Okay, so I'll, question. I'll so I would go. It's so it's funny because all season long I was kind of a doubter of Brooklyn, and I do have some concerns about about they're going to enter the playoffs probably with only seven games of experience under their belt with KD, Harden, Irving, um, and I think the Sixers really match up well against the Nets with Embiid down low and stuff like that. So, but I still do have the Nets at number one just because they are so talented. So I would say probably Nets, Sixers, Bucks. I will say I'll preface this by saying I think people are sleeping on the Bucks a bit. I heard like. I've been on the NBA, um, uh, what's, what's it called? The some of their like chat rooms and some or um, what's the uh, oh clubhouse? I was blanking there. I've yeah. been on the NBA clubhouse and like Richard Jefferson. Some people were just like blasting the Bucks. Like yeah, they have no chance. I'm not ready to say that yet. I think we've seen you know uh, their coaching staff has made more made some adjustments, and I, I think uh, Drew Holiday's you know been getting acclimated throughout the season. I think they could be uh, still interesting come playoff time. And then after that. I would 
probably say I have it Knicks, Hawks, Heat, Celtics. I think the Heat are much better than their record indicates just because they dealt with so many injuries and COVID absences and things like that. They've been playing well recently. They're really well coached. Uh, James Posey wrote like a great article for us at basketballnews.com about how you can't ever count the heat out because of their culture and their coaching. And, you know, they're always going to show up come playoff time. We saw it last year. They became the first number five seed to make the finals. Uh, so I think the heat could actually surprise some people. I think they're one of those teams that no one wants to run into in the first round. Um, the Hawks have been playing amazing basketball recently, especially, you know, since bringing Nate McMillan on as head coach. Um, I'm a big believer in the Knicks. I know Jacob, you're a Knicks fan. Uh, so I have them four, to be honest. I'm really, I'm first of all, we did an article about the Knicks as well and just how they're positioned for the future. I think not only are they playing so well right now, but they have a great young core. They have up to $60 million in cap space this offseason. They have seven first round picks over the next five years, uh, 11 second round picks over the next six years, you know, solid coaches and management in place. Like I'm a big fan of what the Knicks have done. So I have them at number four. That's my list. Uh, Oliver, how about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say probably the Nets on top if they're healthy. That's the big question mark, right? If they're healthy. Like if all like I don't know how many games they've played, but it's not many where all three stars have played together. Um, it's like yeah, it's some ridiculous number, very low. Um so I'd probably have the Nets one, but I do agree with you on the Bucks. I think the Bucks are the team if I was to pick a team to beat in the, the East right now, I would say the Bucks are the te- team to beat in the East just because they've proven over the past three to five years that they've been pretty consistent in getting to, you know, semifinals, finals, whatever the case may be, conference finals, I mean, sorry. Um, but I think the Giannis thing is really intriguing to me because right now he's not even being talked about as an MVP and he's arguably having his best statistical season in his career, um, which is just kind of insane to think that, you know, he's won, you know, MVP after MVP and now we're, he's not even in the conversation. Um, so, I like the Bucks. Uh, I'd probably say Nets, Bucks, Sixers below them. Um, and then after that, look, the Knicks have been great all season. I, I don't want to like bash them or say that th- they're not going to do well in the playoffs. I think every time you have Tibbs as a coach and you have some of these young core pieces along with like a really, really Julius Randle reminds me of just a Tibbs player. Like I, if you yeah. like to build a Tibbs coach team, like Julius Randle is like the epitome of that like just hard working hustles for rebounds does everything by the book it feels like um so i think they're good but i would probably put um the hawks and the heat kind of maybe above them uh i like the way the hawks play i think they're vastly underrated i think their record does not indicate how good they are whatsoever i think trey young is still an amazing basketball player um and has been kind of I don't know. He's, it feels like he's been overlooked time and time again. The all-star team this year is kind of an example of that. Um, and then I really like, I mean, the, the heat are obviously the team that everybody's going to talk about because of their playoff success. So I can't count them out, but I think the Hornets, depending on who they have on that one, eight matchup, if that's the way it ends up, I think they're a really sneaky team to get a few wins. Uh, I don't think they're going to like beat somebody out in a series, but I, if, if I'm a one seed, I'm pretty afraid of playing the Hornets. Um, and, they're frisky. And they're frisky for they're sure. Frisky. They've, de- they're- they've had really good success against some of the good teams in the NBA when they're healthy. And they've got a lot of young pieces where it's like they could run like six, seven man rotations for a playoff series. Like they don't have to go super deep into their bench to, to, to be, you know, they, they don't have the tired legs like the Lakers have or some of these other teams have where they're going to have to rest guys. Like, I, I think a Lamella ball could play 35 minutes a night and be totally fine if he's healthy. So, yeah, they're another team that's like better than the record indicates because Lamella's been out, Hayward's been out, like they've had yep. a number of injuries. So, yeah, I think that's a it's tough. That's a it's tough. I mean, like, that's a great question, Jacob. I really don't know. I would pick the Bucks out east if I was to pick a team and I'd have the Nets he- second. Real quick, so I do want to read these off, then we'll get back to this really quick. So the three three from my pack were uh, Bismack Biombo, 7,262 out of 15,000. Kevin Durant, 5,006 out of 15,000. And then Trey Young, 7,843 out of 15,000. So not bad. Very Undervalued very nice. moments, Kevin Durant, just in general. I don't understand the pricing of Kevin Durant right now. I'm sorry, Jacob. I'm not like putting out advice to anyone, but... <laughs> 
he's got like what three or four moments on the site right now. If you include the run it back, maybe five, but like just doesn't have a ton of moments. Arguably the best player in the NBA when he's healthy. I'm always very surprised at how cheap you can get some of his moments for right now. Hmm. Going, uh, I'm curious. I want to get your thoughts on the Knicks, Jacob, because I know you've talked about being a Knicks fan before, and uh, it's been a lot of rough years for for Knicks fans up until now. Um, yeah. So, I, what are your thoughts on just this year's team? And I mean, having not only again, you know, this year's squad to look forward to, but having such like a bright future, seemingly. Yeah, I kind of look at this season as everything is gravy. I, I would personally put the Knicks as the fifth best team in the East. I think uh, in a series, at least. I think the the big three in, at the top are better, of course. And then I think I, I would take Miami over us in a series. Um, but I do think we would beat Atlanta or Boston or Charlotte for that matter. Not that that really is relevant. We'll only play one of those teams. Uh, but no, everything is gravy this year. Alex, I like, as a Nick fan, I'm trained to be super cynical. So <laughs> literally everything's gone right this year, right? Nerland's Noel has kind of become who he was when he was – a top prospect and ended up going sixth overall in the draft. Um, he's been an elite rim protector. Uh, we haven't missed a beat without Mitchell Robinson. Um, you know, obviously Julius Randall having a career year uh, shooting over 40% from three. I'm a big like psychology guy. I kind of worry of what a contract year will do for him next year where he comes in. And now that we have expectations, what does that mean? Mm. Um, so I'm kind of re- expecting maybe a regression to the mean, which might be good for the Knicks long term. If Julius shoots 35% from deep next year, that means that we can probably lock him up to a contract that isn't a max. True. But I'm, I'm just kind of looking at up and down the roster, Reggie Bullock, Alec Burks, all of these guys having career seasons. And I think a lot of, the NBA and a lot of success in the NBA is predicated on low expectations going into the year. And you can kind of, you can look at the Brooklyn Nets from a few years ago with Kenny Atkinson and D'Lo and Levert. There are a lot of examples that testify, like if you go into the season and everyone thinks you're going to be a laughing stock, it's generally easy to clear those expectations where teams get themselves in trouble. And the Hawks were on track to being that this year until they they made a coaching change and turned things around. But I kind of look at what the Kings did a few years ago where they brought in Zebo and Vince Carter. When you bring on a bunch of depth, but none of it's necessarily elite depth, and the expectations rise because you look at the roster and it's like, oh, they have 12 guys that are decent. Like that's where I think you get into trouble because expectations are a little uh, disproportional. Um, When I look at these Knicks, I think that we're going to be – a fun team for a little while. I think RJ Barrett's proven that he doesn't need the ball in his hands to be an effective offensive player, which was always going to be my biggest concern with him. But he's been shooting 45% from spot up threes out of the corners. Looks pretty uh, fluid and capable in that role. But I, I kind of maybe challenge the idea that we're super well set up for the future. And again, this is very much coming from the cynical Knicks fan spot, but like, yeah, we have 60 million this year, this off season. Um, I, we probably don't bring back Mitch unless it's a, a relatively cheap or affordable deal, just because we've proven we don't need uh, Mitch to succeed. But like before we know it, RJ Barrett's going to be up for uh, his kind of rookie extension or, or a contract after this. Like he's got what, two more years before his qualifying offer next year, we got to give Julius a new contract and he'll probably get a max. So I think we have like this off season really alone to bring in a huge name to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Otherwise we're almost kind of in the position with Boston where we have a lot of great young pieces, but we might be forced our hand to sign you know, and, you know, this is all hindsight's 2020 and Kemba has been a great player for his career. But I think you ask a Celtics fan today, what's the biggest thing stopping you from being a championship contender? And it's the reality that you have a max contract from Kemba on your books. And I think the Knicks are somewhat close to that territory of if we don't make it happen, it's almost too late before you realize it. So I, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. RJ's in year two, quickly as a rookie. But, like, I already feel the urgency of, like, we got to capitalize on our opportunity right now. Otherwise, it's going to disappear before we know it. 
No, I get that. I think the other the other alternative is if they can pull a Nets or a Clippers where basically you have this kind of year where you exceed expectations and you're the scrappy team that surprises everyone and kind of comes out of nowhere, wins a game or two in the playoffs, or if they advance in the playoffs, even better. But I'm kind of referring back to what the Nets and Clippers did. Maybe that's what attracts a star. And kind of we saw with both of those situations, you know, with the, Nets, Williamson. They, with, the, with the Nets, they moved on from, you know, Karis LeVert, Jarrett Allen. They kind of went all in on the stars. With the Clippers, they moved on from Montrezl Harrell, Lou Williams. Uh, you know, they kind of got rid of some of the guys that got them there. We saw both teams make coaching changes just because they really were like, okay, all in on right now. So, I mean, the other alternative is people look at the Knicks and they're like, oh, wow, this team's really good again. They had the right leaders in place. They have the right coaches. We're now attracted to that culture and go there. And maybe you don't keep all these young players. Maybe they get traded for another star or something like that down the road. But I see what you're saying. You do, you know, especially with someone like Julius, who isn't 23 years old, you know, he is a bit older. I get what you're saying about the window being a bit smaller than maybe uh, some people think or well, trying he- to act now. Julius is sneakily very young. I think he's yeah. 26. So yeah, he, 26 is not 22, you're right. 23, like an RJ. You're right. And, and more, more importantly, he's going to get, if, if he keeps it up and gets an all-NBA this year, he'll be eligible for a super max, you know, before we know it. And Scary. Yeah. yeah. At that yeah. point, it's like, you know. And, and part of what makes Julius so successful, part of what makes Dero so successful on this next team is kind of the absence of options right like yeah i think if julius is playing third wheel on a super team he's not what he's become and i think a lot of what he's become is positive reinforcement of he can miss the shot and he knows the next game he'll still get the last shot again and, and yeah. that's what's helped him succeed absolutely yeah. all right so let's give this pack away uh i'm not sure if it'll let us open it but if it, if it doesn't then we'll go back and check the moments anyway uh the winner of our giveaway who entered at basketballnews.com slash top shot is matthew adam unger shout out to matthew as i mentioned it is a new contest so definitely go to basketballnews.com slash top shot and enter we have three more packs to give away in the following weeks so you'll want to go do that it's super easy to enter uh let's see if we can open this and sneakily, I, I something that people haven't talked about with the Knicks, and obviously we'll we'll open these moments here. Yeah. Uh, the CAA connection, I think, is very real, and I think that they've, uh, you know, that the, you know, that agency obviously has a lot of ties to the Knicks. Um, I, I'm just going to come out and say it. There's a real. I feel like there is some real validity to a guy like Zion Williamson, if the Knicks position themselves right. Um, I know this is years down the line, but I, I really do think that they could position push it, position themselves very well in the market. Maybe not this year. Maybe it's next year. Maybe it's the year after, or they could set themselves up for a trade um, where they get a guy like that back and maybe they give up some assets to do it, but they have a lot of first round picks, as you mentioned, Alex. And I think that there's some real opportunity there with that front office where they could really, really. And Zion drooling over the Knicks in that interview or that post-game press conference. That was funny. It was funny, but like, you know, like I said, I mean, he, (laughs) what, Austin Brown's his agent, I think is who it is, the CAA guy. Leon Rose, the Knicks Knicks hired all these guys for a reason. And I know a lot of people bashed it in the beginning. But if you've seen the successful front offices in the NBA, a lot of them have come from agencies. Like you look at some of these teams and where where those talent have come from. It's, Bob Myers, it's Rob Pelinka, Yeah, it's been the a, guys who've landed the big names. Like there, there's a reason for it. You know. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, all right, let's see what Matthew got here. Let's, I'm trying to hide them a bit so we still have some kind of a opening experience. Uh, Andrew yeah. Wiggins. 11,080 out of 15,000. Let's watch the highlight. Not too bad. Let's go back. I'll try to... Oh my gosh, it happened again, Oliver. Another LeBron. A LeBron for another seven. Winner. Okay, we have to talk to you about this, Jacob. I don't know if you watch this show every single week. You know, you have so much going on. This is now the fifth person that's won a LeBron from our giveaways. It blows my mind. Like, it doesn't seem possible that we can have this many LeBrons to give away. I, to this day, have not pulled a LeBron for myself. But literally, we gave away the one LeBron that we had actually bought. I think it was 
like 2000 or 289 out of 7500 but this is now the fourth person to open a pack from our giveaway and get a lebron this is crazy and this is a good one 7632 out of 15000 yep incredible i think, I think this is one of, and one of know, the best moments yeah i just i you know it's lebron it's a three pointer he's not known for his three pointers one day when they put together a YouTube video of like the best moments from LeBron's career, like this is going to be something that like, you know, generations from now, kids are going to be debating LeBron versus the next person. Like we do LeBron versus Jordan. And people are going to be like, no, LeBron was a cold shooter. Look at this. highlight. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's I shout out to Matthew. You just got a LeBron James moment. That is really cool. And again, I, I can't stress this enough. Anyone that's been watching the show for the past few weeks has seen four people now pull LeBron moments. So go to basketballnews.com slash top shot. Maybe next week you can be our fifth person to get a LeBron moment. It's just incredible. This keeps happening. This is really, really cool. And then we got one more here. Al Horford, Horford. 567. That's really low out of 15,000. So yeah. Cereals will be all out in numbers. That's five, six, seven. If you're counting, you know, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, Okay. Never mind. Never mind. I'm done with the, (laughs) I'm done with the cereal mentions, but Yeah. (laughs) We appreciate everybody entering. Absolutely. Man, that LeBron, props to Matthew, man. I'm happy for him. That's really, really cool. I always love when one of our people that, uh, you know, have entered the giveaway gets something really cool like that. So very cool. Definitely enter at basketballnews.com slash top shot. As I mentioned earlier, I see people asking about it. Um, it is a new contest. So definitely enter again if you uh, entered a few weeks ago. It This is the second week I think we've done this one. So go enter at that link. Um but yeah, guys, appreciate you doing this. Uh, Oliver, as always, Jacob, you were you were excellent. Uh, sorry, Pepper, you with so many questions, but always great to be able to pick your brain. Thanks for your time. No, thanks for having me, guys. Always a lot of fun and uh, looking forward to doing it again sometime. Let's do a awesome. Knicks watch party sometime. Let's do uh, a Knicks playoff watch party. First playoff. Uh, don't, don't, don't. Wait, don't. are you wearing a Knicks jersey? Is that what that is? I did not I do am. that. I am. Oh, awesome. There you go. It's not an RJ. It's uh, my favorite Nick of all time, Pablo Prigioni. Oh, hey, that's awesome. Throwback. I've, wow. I've, got, I've got a Prigioni uh, in white. I've got a Prigioni in blue. And I've got a Prigioni sweater. So I, I'm – and we just signed uh, Luca Vildova. So yeah. We, we've got Argentinian point guards in our blood here. In R- run it back with the Pablo Prigioni? Uh, don't, <laughs> I think he's, I think he's coaching now, right? He's with I Minnesota, to- yeah. D- yeah. Don't, don't tempt me with a good time, Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, hey, if you guys didn't get your question answered here, definitely go follow Jacob on Twitter, first of all, and then go to his office hours. He does this every Friday. He answers all your questions. So check out his office hours. It's great stuff. And yeah, appreciate you guys. Thanks for watching. And we'll be back next Thursday. See you guys. Awesome. Thanks.